Welcome to Just Barbarian Things. This actual play podcast may contain themes and language not suitable for all listeners. You have been warned. Since times before history, we've been gathering around our fires to tell stories. Join us as we play through multiple role-playing game systems, looking for one that's the perfect fit for our next campaign, and hopefully showing you some options that are out there for your own games. Welcome to the Fireside Stories. All right, last time we left off, you were shooing away a group of beggar children, including a child-sized warforge. And as you finished doing that, you kind of looked up down the street in this underground area of Sharn known as the Cogs, and you caught the eye of the man you had been chasing. And when you guys locked eyes with each other, he immediately began to run. So I need you to roll 1d20, please. All right. 13. Lucky 13. All right. He runs and you run after him. People kind of seem to leap or move out of the way as you two are running. What would you like to do? I'm going to try to slow him down by uh, seeing if I can hit him with a ray of frost to slow his movement speed by 10. All right. You're currently 40 feet away. Okay. So you should be in range. and Hopefully this will allow me to... Uh, catch up to him but i have to also make up my mind what i want to do like what my ultimate goal is you know with this guy like i don't want to be like a dog chasing a car like not knowing what i'm going to do if i catch it right right so i guess to remind you because it's been a little while yeah your intention was to capture him because logran needed more information about who was behind this okay when you get better at uh capturing people and, and stuff because I learned a lot from my last uh, experience. All right. So uh, Ray of Frost then. Yeah. Spell attack, ranged attack. All right, cool. All right. So that is a 26 versus AC. All right. So you stop while he continues to run, um, launching your spell at him. It does connect. What damage does it do? Okay. So it does... Um, 3d8 um damage cold damage specifically right and um reduces a movement speed by 10 until the start of uh, my next turn but i want to make sure and like pull the punch because i'm not trying to like kill the dude you know i don't want to have a, a situation like last time where i accidentally murder this dude so um i want to i want to not kill him well you still roll the damage regardless okay yeah but what you want to do is non-lethal damage. Yeah. Sorry, those are D6s. I need 3D8. Okay. It's a 17. All right. So he is slowed, but he is continuing to run. Mm-hmm. So now, instead of being 40 feet away from you, he is going to be... 60 feet away from you right and i have to uh take off after him myself but the idea is 
my, my thinking is, you know, I'm either putting us on even footing. If his speed is like really like high, if he's like 40, then reducing it by 10 puts us both at 30. And then if, you know, if we're both 30, then I can catch him now, is my thinking. So I'll, I'll, I'll chase after him. Okay. Well, he continues to run through the crowd, through streets he seems to know relatively well. I need you to roll 1d20. Okay. All right, that's an eight. All right. As you continue to run after him, you see someone kind of step into your way. Uh, a man dressed in rags holding uh, a kind of earthenware cup out towards you. How would you like to try to get around or through the beggar? Um, I'm going to try to uh, dodge around him because my acrobatics might be a plus zero, but my athletics is a negative one. So I think that trying to like you know, wind my way around him, kind of, kind of windmill past him, so I don't bowl him over. Um, is is the better strategy? All right, you may use your physical prowess then to attempt an acrobatics check. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I could stop and like convince him to. You know, I, I don't know that there's a non-physical way to do this, and uh, that's that's on me as a as a, a player here. Um, but let's see what we got with acrobatics. 10. You barely are able to kind of bend your body around him and take a sidestep to avoid crashing into him. Just barely. So, I mean, and I'm sure it doesn't look pretty, you know, but it gets the job done. I'm not a, not a very physical character yet. Right. Your quarry is now 50 feet away. Okay. So he is um, getting closer. Okay, cool. All right. And he continues to run through streets and alleys unimpeded. I need you to roll 1d20, please. Let's see what we got. Four. I'm using up all my shit rolls on <laughs> on these, so that's good because <laughs> otherwise, man, terrible. Up ahead, a maze of barrels, crates, and similar obstacles. The man you're chasing seems to wind his way through them with relative ease. I need you to go ahead and make uh, either your choice, an acrobatics check to dodge and weave your way through as quickly as possible, or an intelligence check to navigate the maze. Huh. Cool. I mean, I'm definitely going to go with uh, intelligence because that's at least a plus one. So let's see what we got here. Twelve. All right. So kind of looking at it really quickly, you're able to see what the most likely path is, especially as you watch the man run through it and you follow the same path he is now 40 feet away getting closer 
the right? next chance I get to select some spells, I'm going to definitely have to pick some, like, roots or something like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I need you to roll 1d20, please. Some hold person or, I don't know, something like that. Ooh, 17. All right. You are able to chase him through a relatively quiet area of the cog streets, um, unimpeded, and you're now 30 feet away. Okay. You're just gaining. Slow but steady. I mean, uh, <laughs> so does, like, Ray of Frost stack? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I shoot no. him again, <laughs> will it slow him by 20? <laughs> All right. All right. Um... As you guys are running kind of full speed ahead, uh, he sees quite suddenly coming up on him is a blocked passage requiring him to make a very sharp turn to avoid colliding with it. Uh, Let's see how he does. All right. He smashes into the wall, unable to make the turn in time, uh, taking some bludgeoning damage. And he is not able to continue running this turn. What would you like to do? I'm going to uh, run up to him. All right, I need you to roll 1d20, please. And it's a good thing, I mean... For me, at least, that he didn't make that because my next move was like, I'm going to cast fly to catch up with this dude because that doubles my movement speed. All right, 18. Yeah, you're able to run right up to him without issue. And as you get up to him, he's like kind of rolling around mostly unconscious on the ground at this point. Okay. Um, I need you to go ahead and make a perception check. Rolling around mostly unconscious because he, he bonked himself in, the, in on this wall, basically. Yes. Okay. He ran face first into a wall. <laughs> never never a good move, Cotton. Uh, you said that was an int check that you want? Perception? Perception, sorry. Okay. Whoop. Fell off the table. Reroll. All right. Uh, 16. All right. You can see... From the shadows, a number of figures moving to converge on your location. Hmm. That's not good. Um, just, just at a glance, all I can see is that these are just a number of, of humanoid figures. Yeah. Like, I can't discern you anything You can barely about discern that. them. They're, it's mostly shadow. You're lucky you could see them at all. Okay. So at least I noticed. All right. So, I mean, for now, I'm going to ignore them and I want to um, like the only way I can think to restrain this dude is to like kind of you know kneel on him basically right now right just um, just for now because I need to look around and find out where I am like what doorways do we have where are the obvious exits like what are my options here to get us you know, in inside, off the streets, that sort of thing. All right. So as you kneel to use your body weight as restraint. Right. Um, you find that within seconds, you're surrounded by a mixture of what appear to be goblins and other humanoid races. Mm-hmm. They're all wearing black. 
but in a style that's very functional. And each of them wears something slightly different, like it's very hodgepodge sort of mix. It's not a uniform, really. Okay. Um, Goblins? Goblins and other humanoids. But a majority goblin. Okay. They are holding weapons out towards you, kind of surrounding you in a circle of blades. Mm-hmm. And one of the goblins, a male, walks toward you. Um, with you kneeling, he's kind of at face level with you. Nice. Okay. Um, he reaches down, grabs your quarry's limp hand, mm-hmm. throws it back down to the ground and nods. And those holding their weapons out towards you lunge forward, running your target through. Oh, no. Damn it. <laughs> and the goblin faces you. Okay. And he says, You's chasing these ones, but you ain't one of these. These is monsters. You ain't one of us, even with the horns. You's one of the watch, then, eh? I wouldn't say I'm one of the watch, uh, friend. Uh, my name is Naraya. I am a researcher at the university. I'm here on personal business. You's a smart one. Maybe you meet with desk boss? She says what we do with you, then, yeah? Wait, 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 wait. She says what? <laughs> she says what we do with you, then. Oh, right. <laughs> Go with you, meet with your boss. Okay. Um, well, I'm here to gather more information. So, and they, and they just, like, straight murked this dude. And I, I mean... Doing some quick math, looking around the circle. How many of these uh, uh, thugs are there? Um, there's approximately ten of them. Yeah, I pretty much need to go with them, <laughs> but I'm not gonna. Um, that's the thing. If they're asking nicely, like, "Hey, you want to walk over wherever with us?" You know what? Fine. If they're like, "Let's start taking your stuff, uh, frisking you, or whatever," then it's gonna be a fight to the death. So, um. I mean, I'm not trying to make that apparent right. in any way, out of game or in game. I'm just saying, you know, uh, table talk, that's, that's you know, kind of your thought process. Right. Yeah. And he's just kind of sitting there like watching you very passively, calmly as his the rest of his group ties up the body mm-hmm. to prepare to drag it to where they're going. Okay. That sounds good. Um so yeah, uh, I'll I'll tell the the guy. Um, as I say, my name is Naraya. What is your name, friend? Oh, I Spunk. Spunk. This is a strong goblin name. I believe I've heard it uh, sung of before in some uh, taverns nearby. Ha! It is a common one. <laughs> uh, I'll uh, chuckle with with him, and. Uh, I'll, I'll motion for him. Very well. Lead on. I said you was smart, horn boy. I said. And so they, he kind of motions and the others pull on the ropes to drag the body of the man you were chasing. And they lead you deeper into the tunnels. Okay. 
So while I'm walking nonchalantly, I'm going to pull out Logra's ledger of copying and start writing in it. I mean, just like, I'm just taking notes. I'm just like, like this is the most natural thing in the world for me to just write while I'm walking. Cause I'm an intellectual and, uh, that's just kind of how I roll. So I'm going to pull it out and start writing a note to Logra. Okay. So Spunk doesn't seem to pay any attention to that. Writing doesn't seem to interest him very much. And he doesn't offer any conversation. He kind of just walks ahead of the rest of the group. Cool. That's fine by me. I'm not right. uh, what would you like to write? right now. Um, <laughs> I would like to uh, write an update to Logra consisting of... Uh, let's see here. Where where do we leave off? I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, I updated her that the room in the last place was on fire. You haven't updated her since your meeting because you guys met in person when she sent you to guard the apartment. We, basically, we, right? We met in person after the the fire. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I will say encountered um two assailants attacking target building attempt to subdue them resulted in one death and i pursued the other i was able to catch him however before I was able to interrogate him, was waylaid by band of thugs led by goblin named Spunk, who invited me to an audience with Dask leader, parentheses, female question mark. Name unknown. Last known location to the best of my knowledge. And I'll write down where I think I ended up after that haphazard chase through the cogs. Um, am now en route to meeting as above. Further bulletins as events warrant. P.S. Bring strong spirits to next meeting. <laughs> Heart sign Naraya. <laughs> so as you kind of finish your note, you see that you've moved away from the more industrial area of the cogs into an area you would consider much closer to the Kyber's Gate area under Sharn. Um, the deeper, more ancient ruin and kind of unpatrolled unkempt part of the of the undercity okay so just to make sure i heard you correctly we've progressed to the kyber's gate region of sharn and have like moved up from the cogs to the back to the lower level or we're still in the cogs but in that kyber's gate is even farther than the cogs further down Mm -hmm. oh okay okay gotcha because I don't have my little um, map right now in front of me. I'm going to find it in a minute. Okay. Well, I kind of have my uh, 
my ledger out. And as I recognize these things, you know, I update Logra in there. Seem to have passed into Kyber's gate. Things becoming a bit ominous. Have never been this deep before. Ha ha, shut up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and they kind of turn and lead you to an area which makes it clear you're probably going to enter into the building that's there. Mm-hmm. And the building looks like it was once a temple. The facade is a bit etched away, worn by time. Um, and as you enter through the doorway, I say that because there's no actual door on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you see that furniture has been moved in to the building. There are areas for sleep, a long table with chairs, and on kind of the dais in the back of the building, there is a small but highly decorative chair. And lounging upon it, you see a goblin woman, Mm. draped in simple black clothing. She's watching you keenly. Excellent. Now my escort, my impromptu retinue, if you will, um, are, are they following, are they with me or have they gone their separate ways now that we've reached our destination? You can see the ones that are dragging the body don't bring it too far into the building. Um, but Spunk kind of walks up with you and gestures toward the empty chairs around the table. Hmm. Okay. And it, the goblin woman gets up as you kind of walk in. I see. Okay. And she says, Oi, please, do sit. I think we have much to discuss. All right. Um, I think that I'll start off being um, respectful and manner-wise, as is Naraya's want. So um, before I sit, you know, when, when she greets me, you know, I'll assume sort of a, a more humble stance. And then when she's done speaking, I'll, you know, put a hand on my chest and one arm out to the side, um, make my best leg towards her, you know, and um, I don't want to seem disingenuous, so I don't want to dr- address her as like my lady or whatever. But um, I feel like Naraya would be aware of the proper honorific for um, the leader of a outlaw band that has its own permanent headquarters. I don't know. Do you think there's a role relevant to that you could make? Um, yes, it's streetwise, but that's in another system. <laughs> <laughs> you could use anything from like charisma to history or anything that you think would make sense. Even okay. a raw intelligence check would work. Let's just go for charisma because it's schmoozing. Or, um, no, history. Let's do history. History makes more sense my opinion 16 um although you have not interacted with the dask very much um they are certainly part of the makeup of sharn and you know that their leadership is usually referred to as boss or the boss Mm. okay excellent all right so as i'm making my um elegant bow towards her um i'll i'll say to her you do me much too much honor boss uh thank you for inviting me to this audience that we may speak of recent matters and thank you also for your hospitality 
We've got a polite one here, don't we, lads? I think that we have a mutual interest, you and I. And she walks down to the table and takes a seat on the opposite side from where you were standing. Okay, perfect. Um, so I'll sort of mirror her movements as she's walking down the, the opposite end of the table. I'll, I'll follow. And when she pulls out a chair, I'll pull out a chair. She sits down, I'll sit down, um, et cetera. And uh, I'm sort of looking around to see if they have anything to drink or anything <laughs> on the table. Anything like that. She's holding a drink. She's holding a drink. Mm -hmm. Okay. But that's it. There's no trays or anything like that to avail myself of, make myself at home. All right. We'll have to wait till it's offered then, hopefully. Um, Excellent. Uh, I'll introduce myself to her, though. Um, Last thing she said was, I think we have a mutual interest, you and I. So, um, cool. Um, let's see. What, what do I want to say to her? That would take some convincing, given my acquaintance with you so far. But, indeed, I am polite. Let us start off with introductions. So my name, for instance, is Naraya. I am a researcher at the university. Who do I have the pleasure of addressing? I'm the boss. And I'm the boss of the desk. Hey, uh, fair enough. <laughs> okay, so from now on, I'll just call her boss then. I'm okay with that. Maybe if I get to know her better, um, I'll learn an actual name. But that's okay for now. Uh, I'll make a show of straightening out my robes and, you know, tucking in my various um, flaps and folds. Nice <laughs> <laughs> you do, she says. And plus, I already know who you is. I saw you on one of the papers. Mmm. Yes, these papers are of much interest to me. Do I still have that paper on me, or did I give it to uh, Logra and leave it there? I don't remember. No, you probably still have it. Hmm. Let's see. So I'll reach into one of my numerous but highly organized pockets and retrieve the hit list and unfold it. Um, and sort of hold it up next to me. It's a, it's a rough likeness, but yes, I see how that could be, uh, that could serve for my recognition. Yeah, they did get your horns wrong. You're also much more graceful. Right, thank you. Flattery will get you far. Tell me, tell me, boss, what can I do for you as I fold up the, the list and tuck it back into my... My vest. Someone is setting up the desk to cause chaos. We started noticing some doubles, you know, impersonated people. Often they were one of ours or someone of the watch or related to. And the one you were chasing just now helped confirm our suspicions. There are Rakshasa involved. Rakshasa. Now there's a name I've not heard in some time. At least since two sessions ago. (laughs) Uh, Okay. 
the they're a race, aren't they? They are. Okay. They are a creature. Oh. I see. I do have firsthand experience with these doubles. Um, that's what started me down this uh, unfortunate path in the first place. Um, so you say that you're not at the heart of all of this. Merely another player may be a victim in the overall play. You have to understand, friend. The dask don't mess with the watch, and the watch don't mess with the dask. We keep to our places. The situation ain't healthy for any group, but real fighting will happen if this continues. Indeed, they're spoiling for a war. Perhaps there is some anonymous shadow player who uh, wishes to pit us against one another. We think the real threat is deeper in Kaiba's gate. They're seeding chaos away from where they're working. Somewhere down below. Mm-hmm. I see. So here, friend, is where I think you can help. Go on. See, you've come all the way here to our base of operations, and I think we've been nothing short of kind. But I need you to go investigate... I'll just let you walk away if you do. You try to run, you try to fight. There will be consequences. And she lifts up her hand, the one not holding her cup of drink. And there's a stone in it. Mm. And she whispers to the stone in her hand and you see glowing lines, reddish in color, appear across her face. And then a glow erupts from the stone as well, resolving into an image. It's Logra in her room at the garrison, bound and under guard. Oh, no. The plot thickens. You see, my men aren't equipped to look into this, but they are equipped to kill if they need to. You help us, you end this, and no real fight happens. But you walk away or you try to resist it, and I'll finish this mess. I don't like being coerced like this, but um, my cooler head's going to have to prevail, I think, in this circumstance. I don't know that I can necessarily outsmart this uh, goblin boss, though. Um Given that uh, yeah, she doesn't know, she doesn't need a handle on me. Uh, man, that's that's a tough one. Uh, but we're negotiating, so I need to um, first of all, I need to see if I believe her, if I think she's full of shit or not. So. Um, as a magic user myself, anyone can conjure up various illusions and stuff like that. I'm unimpressed by her display of uh, her Logra hostage, but I'd like to see if she believes she's telling the truth. Okay. By making an insight roll. Okay. I think that's fair. All right. 21. 
That's a good roll. You know that she's a practiced liar. You can tell from the way that she carries herself. But you also know that she's deadly serious right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do I think that uh, she's being truthful? You think that she is being truthful, or at least she thinks she's being truthful. Okay. Huh. So if I rush off to uh, rescue Logra, they'll just kill her. And, okay. Um, so I see you're not above holding one of my friends hostage in order to uh, coerce me to do your bidding, which I assure you is wholly unnecessary. Had you stopped short at asking, I would have gladly helped you out. However, I must know, if you have one of my friends, do you perhaps have two? What of Deke? It's uh, a name I do recognize from the paper, but he's not one I know. Hmm. So your hand is not in his disappearance, is what you would have me believe. If he's been disappearing as part of all this that's going on, then it's whoever's behind this. Hmm. So I'd like to see if, uh, I'd like to look a little deeper beyond her mask again, if possible. Sure. Whoa, Nat 20. Yeah, no, she doesn't seem to have any knowledge of his whereabouts or any real specific knowledge about him generally. Okay. So this would be a lot easier. As soon as she was saying like, hey, you should check this out. I was like, okay. And then she's like, <laughs> now you have to or we'll like straight, you know, murk your friend. Right. And then... I was like, oh, dang, because I was thinking this would be a lot easier if I could be. So, yeah, I'll help you out. But let me bring my homegirl with me to get my back. (laughs) (laughs) And and that that kind of is off the table. I have to. Yeah, a little bit. Like delve into here um, by myself. And these guys just straight outnumber me. You know, I'm not in any position to make any threats. So, um and that's not how Naraya rolls, you know. If uh, he he's not gonna make any threats that he can't follow through on, you know. So um, I'd like to uh, so if there's anything I want from her, you know. Um, hmm. If I understand your offer correctly, boss. Uh, I investigate this matter for you. I don't walk away. I don't try to run or fight you. And no harm comes to my friend. Is that correct? You have to understand, friend. I want you to succeed. I need you to. I don't want to get into a fight with the watch. That's not healthy for anyone, is it? But if that's what this is coming down to, that's what will happen. I understand. That that part is crystal clear. We want to avoid any watch entanglements. I myself spend a great deal of my time doing just that. What I'm striving to understand are the particulars of the agreement you propose between us, so that there is no confusion at a later time. You cannot claim ignorance. I cannot take umbrage. And so on. Uh, so I only wish to reiterate that what you're proposing is that I will investigate this matter uh, deeper below the 
uh, Kyber's Gate. And as long as I do so, then no harm will come to uh, Logra. Is, is that correct? Of course. I don't want to hurt her. She's someone I greatly admire. And just as my men can come out to the shadows, so they, can they return to them? And they will, should you uphold your part of the bargain. I see. So what you're offering me in return for this uh, errand is uh, my friend's safety and well-being. Um, oh, and you'll have gifts as well. Like I said, I want you to be successful. I see. Well, you seem to leave me with no choice, boss. Truly, you are aptly named. The sooner we get this over with, the sooner you will provide proof of re- release of my friend. And uh, then our business will be concluded. I agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> All right. Well, so with that, I'll stand up and uh, again, you know, brush the uh, non-existent crumbs off of my chest as a, a subtle show of... Um, my feelings towards her lack of hospitality and I will um, wait expectantly standing sort of like in a very well, well then sort of posture. Sure. Says she kind of makes a gesture at Spunk and uh, he walks over to you now much shorter than you since you're no longer kneeling or sitting. And he says, I've got the information. I've got the stuff for you. I'll take you to a place where we can get down to business. Uh, Once again, Spong, thank you for your service. Lead on. I shall follow. All right. So Spunk only brings a couple of his men with him and kind of leads you to a more populated area of this region of kind of the entrance to Kyber's gate. Um, I'm ass- is your hood down yeah. or is it up at no, this point? It's down. So your hood is down, but no one really even gives you a second glance. You actually see other tieflings um, like you and other races as uh, that tend to be a little bit more welcome above or a little bit less welcome above. Uh, they're a little bit more welcome down here. So you see Minotaur, other goblins, kobolds, gray dwarves, all of them kind of going about their business and they take you to what appears to be a makeshift tavern and the sign above the door says Shamukar. Makeshift, you say? In that, it looks like it was once something else and they have made this building into a tavern. Mm, Okay. The mood inside is jovial. This is definitely a place of revelry Mm -hmm. Um, and you can see that the ruins around it have been made into housing for these various peoples and as Spunk leads you inside he finds a nice kind of square table And he sits down, kind of gestures you over. His men don't even bother to come inside. They wait outside by the door. And while he waits for you to sit, he starts putting items down on the table. Sort of uh, pops a squat and delves right into his uh, 
his satchel and just starts putting stuff out on the table. Yep. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm a bit nonplussed at this point, so just walk right up and signal to uh, whatever barkeep or barmaid or what have you that I whose attention I can catch, you know, for like you need some some service over here, you know, and uh, and then you know. The demeanor is as soon as you signal to them, you catch their eye. Your expectation is that they're going to come help you out. Right. So my attention shifts uh, almost palpably to um, to Spunk, and I'll sit down across from him. All right. So he's taking things out of the bag. You see him put down a carved piece of wood, um, what looks like a wand of some kind made from a length of chain. And straight up a severed hand attached to a forearm just plops it down on the table. And as he does, um, a young goblin boy runs over with the house drink Mm -hmm. and hands it to you. He seems completely unfazed by this severed limb on the table. As am I. I would like to think. I don't know if I need to roll um, some sort of uh, fortitude kind of roll, but... no. When you're a researcher at the university, you see all sorts of dead bodies and pro sections and artifacts and preserved creepiness and right. giant glass bells and so on. So this one definitely looks quite fresh. Mm, okay. Um, but he kind of pushes the two other items, the non-severed body part items, towards you, and he says, "Daisy's gifts from the boss." I see. Well, it's uh pick each one up in turn and examine them. I don't want to ask what they are. I'd like to see if I can uh, determine what they are on my own Um, because, you know, I like to feel uh, capable and knowledgeable. Well, you know, on a base level, um, without rolling anything, one is a wand and one is a focus. Mm -hmm. They seem to know that you are a spellcaster of some kind. I feel like it's kind of obvious, <laughs> but it also suggests that they've been watching me. All right. So if you want to go ahead and make an arcana check, you can decide which one you're going to examine first. Okay. I wrote wand down first, so let's just pick up the uh, length of chain that has somehow been stiffened into a wand. Yeah. All right. Um, that friends is a 23 on arcana 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 you recognize it right away because that chain like um make especially now that you've picked it up you notice it has um sort of a little metal skull kind of fashioned on the end of it uh this is a wand of binding Hmm. and if you remember how you can go into your character sheet, into your equipment, and you can add Wand of Binding and take a look at all of its stuff. But while you do, I'll kind of talk through what it is. I do remember how, and that's pretty cool. You said a Wand of Binding. Correct. Here we go. Add. Excellent. Okay. All right, so a Wand of Binding has seven charges, which you can spend in various ways to activate its properties. 
Um, it does regain some of its charges every dawn. And if you do spend all the charges in the wand, there is a chance that it will crumble to ash. Okay. So while holding the wand, you can use an action and choose the number of charges you'd like to expend. Um, hold monster is five charges. Hold person is two charges. Oh, nice. Okay. You can also use the wand to give you advantage against being paralyzed or restrained. Okay. Nice. Ooh, okay. Let's see. So I have charge boxes. Uh, okay, cool. So I have to attune to this thing, but I'll do that when you tell me I can. Okay. Um, you can definitely start to while you're here as well. It's not a big deal. Okay. Cool. Doesn't take very long in fifth edition. All right. Um, yeah, I'll, I might as well get that out of the way because this is something that's definitely going to come in handy. All right. Um, you can also make an arcana roll for the other object if you'd like to. Yeah. Um, what I'd like to do is um, tuck my um, the, the wand of binding into my right arm um, wand sl- uh, wand holster. This is somewhat like uh, like thieves and assassins and stuff like that have a forearm, you know, like a bracer almost right. with slots in it for either spikes or lock picks or other, you know, um, oblong tools like that. Um, and as a caster in a university and stuff like that, I've adapted that sort of piece of equipment to hold wands and rods and other things that are material components and implements for a spell casting. So okay. it's just a spare slot on either arm. Like I have my amber rod in there and stuff like okay. that. And I'll um, tuck it into one of those slots. And then I'll pick up the uh, carved wooden, what have you, and examine it visually. What does it look like? Um, It's a relatively small, like hand-sized piece of wood um it doesn't have a lot of carvings on it or anything like that but it is polished to an almost stone like like gem like sheen okay is it a disc or like a rectangular prism what sort of shape are we dealing with here it's vaguely rectangular okay but kind of smoothed at the edges so oblong. All right. Let's take a look here. Arcana. 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 All right, this one's not as good, but not horrible. Uh, 15. All right. As soon as you pick it up, you can feel that it's cold to the touch. And you recognize that this wood specifically is a type of pine wood called Rizian pine. Mm. Known for its enhancing properties of cold. Okay. Um, this is a Rizian pine focus, which you may add to your inventory. All right. I would love to if I knew how to spell Rizian. It's R-I-S-I-A-N. Okay. Rizian pine focus. So this type of focus provides a plus one bonus 
to all damage rolls for spells that inflict cold type damage. Okay. Man, I ain't mad at that. That is awesome. Definitely need to attune to that. Okay. Cool. All right, so this is a kind of like a, a wooden rod kind of sort of deal, it looks like. Yeah, a bit. Except with flat edges. Right. Okay. Flat sides. Right. <laughs> Not edges. Um, okay. Cool. And I need to... So I'll slide that into the uh, the left arm. An empty slot on the left arm carrier and attuned to that as well. So as you're kind of looking over your gifts, Spunk begins to talk to you. Mm. Um, He's kind of giving you a brain dump of the information that he has and kind of what you're looking at for your end of the bargain. And uh, you can tell that you haven't quite been listening to everything he's saying um, because you've been kind of engrossed in your items. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you come to to him saying something like, And a Rakshas, as you see, you can always tell when one of them is one. Because you look at the hens, the hens are turned around backwards. I did not notice that. Yeah, that's why I checked the one that you had caught in the cogs. Hmm. And it never occurs to you to maybe take one prisoner for uh, interrogation. Rakshasa's demons? What do you have against demons, friend? They're demon cats. No one likes cats. (laughs) With cats, I can agree with you. Plus, they're always in disguise, but you can tell if you look at the hands. Backwards, you say. Yep, and if you look at the severed arm which you can now safely assume is from the man you were chasing into the sewers you can tell that although the shape of and everything of the arm is normal it's like the palm is on the opposite side i see Uh, do the fingers seem to bend the same way and everything yeah and the thumbs on the right side whole nine yep there's just a a palm on the back. That's yeah. weird. It's it's one of the ways you can identify a Rakshasa. Okay. Hmm. Very interesting. But he can see that you're kind of paying very close attention to your items. And he says, <laughs> yeah, the boss knows uh, your skills. And she thought these would be a good gesture for friendship, you know, cooperation. Yes, it makes a much better impression than kidnapping one of my lifelong friends. <laughs> you know, the desk isn't known for being friendly types. Well, we may have to explore that notion depending on how this shakes out. But for now, we must proceed as friends. Well, here's what I can tell you. Tracks have been found past the populated areas of the gate. Folk don't tend to go too deep, you know. It's said that old places have openings into Kyber itself. Hmm. It's said they can be quite dangerous. But 
we've seen tracks leading down that way. And I think if you keep your eyes open and follow them, you'll probably find what you're looking for. Then I shall proceed. I don't need a, I mean, has it been long enough to take a rest at this point? I don't think so. I mean, you could if you wanted to. Um, There's certainly, I mean, this tavern is set up to accommodate that if you'd like. Otherwise, you can start out on your trek. And depending on how long you or far you have to go, you can always set up camp as well. Hmm. Well, let's see here. Okay, I think I'll just take a short rest, actually. Because really the only thing I have to recover is hit points. And I think a short rest will make that happen for me. You can spend hit dice during a short rest. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Sounds good. Okay. 1d6 plus 3. Yeah. And I can do one at a time, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to. Yeah, you do one at a time. Oh, man. (laughs) 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 All right. So that's four hit points. Right. (laughs) And let's heal that up and do another one. Are you freaking serious? (laughs) That's two ones in a row. (laughs) Oh, man. I want to get all the way up to full hit points. This is a third hit die. Jeez. I doubled my roll so far. Okay. So that's at least five. So that'll take me up. Okay. Let me spend these hit dice. Take a short rest. Okay. Your short rest is also adequate time to finish attuning to your new items. Okay. Let me make sure those are in place in my attuned item slots, which helps if I'm in the equipment tab. And yes. I'm attuned to three items now, and apparently that's the limit. That's the limit. All right. Cool. Yeah, I think I'm ready to to get on here. All right. Spunk leads you off into a less populated area, and then into a not populated area, and then into a place where the tunnels are absolute dark and your vision switches over to your dark vision range mm-hmm. um, because there is no light that reaches this place. Okay. Wow. He says, well, this is where I'll leave you, friend. Mm. Thank you, Spunk. You've been a gracious host. I've got a soft spot for the horn, boys. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And he scampers away before he gets too awkward. Yeah, absolutely. So how would you like to try to track or navigate in this area? 
Um, well, he gave me some information, right, mm-hmm. about like where I'm going. Yeah, about where they had seen tracks and things like that. And he kind of took you to the entrance of that area where they had noticed tracks going deeper than is normal for the people who live there. Okay. Um, I think I should be able to navigate here. Um, hmm. Just, I mean, either perception or, yeah, just perception, I think, is the only thing I can think of that makes any sense. Sure. So, in order to find my way around, um, we just make a series of um, perception checks. Well, yeah, we'll start with a perception check, sure, if you want to use that to kind of look around for things. Look around, get my bearings, that sort of thing. Um, Before we kind of get too far, though, I want to make sure we don't forget, what level are you at right now? 11. All right, let's go ahead and bump you up. Oh, Okay. Must have hit a milestone milestone or three. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll take a little uh, break to do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So go ahead and make that perception check now that you're done. Okay. Not much has changed in terms of the old perception. Uh, that's a nine. Oh, that is a ten. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so you do see what the goblin was talking about with there being signs of like kind of footprints in the dust here, Mm -hmm. although they're indistinct and this is definitely not one of your real skills Mm -hmm. um, as far as like tracking or anything like that. But you have an idea of direction, at least from here. Right. Okay. So I think I'll proceed in that direction. All right. Go ahead and roll D100, please. Oh, fancy. Okay. Where's my... Oh, there it is. Okay. All right. 13. Lucky 13. As you move through the passageways and tunnels of this area you come to a section of the tunnel that is quite smooth Um, like the rough rock has been kind of worn away um, and and not polished necessarily but definitely smoothed down into something more uniform okay Smooth walls. I wonder if that's an indicator of something I might run into that might inhabit these tunnels. Hmm. Wonder if uh, Arcana would help me out with that. What if it's a gelatinous cube or some kind of giant worm or something like that? I don't think Arcana would help you with any of those things. Hmm. They're not magic. About, uh, 
um, religion, history. I'd say nature. Nature. It would probably be your best bet. Uh, history could work for certain things if you wanted to try that instead. Let's start with nature. And then we'll try nurture. All right, seven. Yeah, nothing comes to mind. Okay. Well, let's just carry on cautiously. At least I can see, you know what I mean? So that helps. That That's helpful. I don't need a torch or anything like that. Because that would make it super spooky. As opposed to just normal spooky. All right. So as you continue up ahead, you can see kind of in the middle of the floor of this passageway, there's um, kind of an oily looking pool, just a little puddle of oily looking liquid Mm -hmm. and kind of a wet, shiny rock next to it. I see. Well, I think I know enough to avoid uh, stepping in oily, greasy puddles. I don't want to soil my slippers or my uh, robes of my cloister or anything like that. So I'd like to skirt this puddle if possible. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and roll perception, please. Wow, I'm just full of sevens. Uh, It's a seven. Total? Total. Okay. All right, cool. So if there's one thing that we've learned from every system we've played so far, it's that investigation or perception or spot hidden or whatever the equivalent is in whatever system you're in, um, that always comes in handy. It's almost like just kind of a rule of thumb. Just always, you know, um, take proficiency or training and or whatever in that. It just, every single one, it's been like a thing, constant use. So uh, I think y'all can learn from my mistakes Well, I mean, you have the detriment of being solo, though, where it's like usually in a party, someone's got it, you know? Someone took it, but if no one took it, then, you know what I mean? Then no one would have it. It just just comes in super handy, is all I'm saying. All right, so as you move by the oily puddle, stepping carefully around it, you see a tendril form out of its surface, mm-hmm. a pseudopod, if you will, okay, and slack clumsily against the rock near your feet. Go Ooh. ahead and roll initiative. Man. <laughs> Kill it with fire. All right. All right, what'd you get? 11. All right. The oily pool and the wet-looking rock kind of reform into the shapes of amorphous oozing entities. Okay. And start to squelch towards you. Oof. Right. And one of them once again forms um, kind of a clumsy, random, bludgeoning tentacle Hmm. at you, but misses. An evil slime thumb. The other is going to slap wetly into you. Ugh, gross. All right, so you are going to take a bit of damage. Okay. 
That's going to be seven bludgeoning damage. All right. And seven acid damage. Ugh, gross. I might have to uh, heal up at some point. <laughs> and you notice that the your robes in the area where the thing hits you are smoking softly. Mm-hmm. All right, it's your turn. Familiar stink of burning wool. How terrible. Okay, um... I would like to cast Sacred Flame on this attacking, offending ooze and see if it, uh, see how it deals with that. Okay. So it's uh, verbal and somatic components. So I say the words and make the gestures. In flame-like radiance descends on a creature that you can see within range. The target must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take 3d8 radiant damage. And the target gains no benefit from cover for this saving throw. What's your DC? Since I leveled, it has gone up to 18. All right. These creatures seem very clumsy to you. And they are not able to make their save. That's why I picked Sacred Flame, because <laughs> it's dexterity. And also down here in the darkness, I figure it would be very uh, disorienting and powerful. Sure. So, I mean, they don't have eyes, but that's fine. Right. But that's kind of the idea as a counter, you know. All right. So we're doing uh, 3d8 damage then. Okay, 17. Is that just to one of them? Um, yes, it's just one target. Okay. Sorry, I was trying to pick a spell and stuff like that, so um, I didn't know that there was like more than one ooze. I thought it was just a puddle with like tentacles coming out yeah, of it. Yeah, I said the puddle and the wet-looking rock both gotcha. formed. It's two things. Mm -hmm. Okay, no worries. All right. Um, so the one that you hit with your radiant spell, um, lots of little chunks of it have fallen off and kind of evaporated mm -hmm. in the blazing glory of the effect. Um, and it's not looking so good. The other one seems to look the same. Okay. What's your AC? My AC is 11. All right. So once again, one of them will hit you. So that's another seven bludgeoning damage. Okay. And seven acid damage. Oof. Do I have to keep track of these damage types or can I just The damage do... types are there so that you know if you have resistance to it not to take the full thing. Right. Okay, cool. I figured. I just wanted to make sure. All right. So that's a 14 damage. All right. So is that my turn? Yes, it is. Okay. So sadly, I didn't rest up more. 
So my sixth level spell slot is still taken up. So that means no chain lightning for me unless, unless I want to blow uh, my seventh level spot. All right. Just, I know you love burning from the top down. <laughs> However, keep in mind, you used one spell and almost killed one of them already. And it was a cantrip. Right. To be fair, I opened with a cantrip. And it's so, a random encounter. So I'm just... This is I'm not just, a boss fight. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I started from the bottom. But when I look up at my, like, you know, AOE and stuff like that, I don't really get, you know, there until later. However, um, let's go with a first level spell. Um, called Ice Knife. And this one is a spell attack. So I have to actually, you know. Roll some stuff. Right. Conjure up, conjure up that, uh, that ice spell, you know, shard and kind of fling it at him. So... I've got a plus 10 to hit on this, so hopefully I do all right. Wish me luck. 13. That'll hit. They don't seem to be wearing armor. Okay. They're jellos. Yeah. Jello oozes. Okay. So, on a hit. Um... And are you directing the primary ice knife at the hurt one or the non-hurt yeah, one? at the hurt one. And that's just going to be 1d10 piercing damage. And then it's going to explode and do another 2d6 on a failed dex uh, saving throw. So let's roll your auto damage first. Mm -hmm. All right. 1d10. All right, that's uh, seven. All right, so the shard of ice going into the already quite damaged ooze um, basically destroys its remaining ability to hold together. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of just like melts apart and then the shard explodes right it hits the hits the rock underneath it All right and the other ooze does not make it save okay so 2d6 and that's eight damage and it doesn't seem to be incorporating my plus one from my Rizian Pine Focus. Right, you have to do that. Oh, you do that manually. Okay, so it's nine damage. It's like you got to remember that. All right, and so the second ooze, the remaining ooze, uh, already looks quite in ill sorts after that explosion. Okay. And when it reaches out, to bash at you, it does so feebly 
and without coordination. It does not hit. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I'd like to answer with the Ray of Frost. Okay. Which I've devised as a uh, somatic component is a uh, very Iron Man-like um, repulsor ray sort of uh, pulse from the outstretched palm. I don't know if we went over that last time, but I like making that kind of stuff up. Anyway, yeah, outstretched palm kind of charges up a little bit. And, <laughs> and that is, again, a spell attack. Alright, uh, mod 20. Okay, that's a hit. And this is 3d8. Plus one. It's a total of 11 damage. Alright, so multiple large chunks of it fly off splattering against the walls nearby um the remaining ooze is incredibly small in size oh okay and it's diminutive size um, makes it very difficult for it to effectively hit you. What would you like to do? Um, I mean, Ray of Frost has been treating me right so far for dealing with these things. So we'll go with uh, another Ray of Frost. Okay. I don't really need to get a sound effect like that because it's such a cool sound effect. Anyway, cast it. Pshoom. All right, 29. <laughs> yeah, that'll hit. Their armor class is eight. <laughs> All right. This one is eight to 19 damage. Yeah, the poor tiny ooslet um, is functionally vaporized into a shower of tiny little snowflakey ice crystalline chunks sparkling moats drifting towards the ground well they don't really sparkle in the no light mm, okay i guess yeah there's no there's no uh there's no sacred flame left or anything didn't ignite anything nope <laughs> i thought maybe if it was oily you know the puddle that it might that might catch that was worth a shot before reverting back to the comfort of the cold. All right. The oozes are no more. All right. Well. But it's obviously been a bit of a rough, rough trek. Yeah. Um, and getting this far into the caverns, you think it's probably a good idea to find a nice spot to, to get some rest. Yeah, probably a good idea to find a good spot to camp. Um, I, let's see. Yeah, can I uh, roll survival to see if I can find a nice nook, cranny, niche, yeah, etc. how successful you are. Okay. 
All right, 15. Yeah. Um, having cleared the oozes out of this area, what you assume was their domain because it seems devoid of everything else and quite smooth, uh, you believe that you found a little area in here not too covered with their acidic gore that would likely make a safe and hospitable place to rest. All right. Set up camp with my my pack or whatever. (laughs) All right. And I'll have you go ahead and take your long rest in the system. Mm -hmm. Take a long rest. Done. All right. You wake when you wake. There's not really a good way to know what time it is or anything like that. Hmm. And um, go ahead and decide how you will try to navigate or track to the next point along your journey today. So last time I did perception. I think this time I'll do investigation. Okay. Nine. All right. So at this point, you're really just following your way through the tunnel. There aren't really too many branches. And so you're just trying to stick to the route and see if you come across anything. Um, And as you're kind of just, I mean, not blindly, literally, because you can see, but really just making your way through passage after passage, um, a figure moves to stand in front of you. Hmm. Okay. And throwing back its hood and holding a light aloft, you see clearly the face of your friend Deke. Oh, it's Deke, but I don't know if it's actually Deke. I'm immediately skeptical. I don't think Deke would be down here. I don't think he would be calmly walking around with a hood up. And I just, I don't think it's, I'm not sure it's actually him. And as you kind of stop skeptically looking him over. Maybe take a step back. He says, I was really hoping it wouldn't come to this, but I can't let you go any farther. I see. And why might that be, old friend? I have to make sure he's successful. It's the only way. Hmm. I see. Uh, Who is this he that we're referring to? And as you try to talk to him, you can see uh, he makes a quick gesture towards you. And a crackling beam of reddish energy streaks out towards you. Huh. And strikes you for two force damage. Oh, okay. A nice little love tap. And I'll have you roll initiative. Okay. All right, what'd you get? 15. All right, what would you like to do? First, I'd like to see if I recognize the spell that he cast. Oh, you can certainly try. Excellent. It's an arcana roll, is it not? Sure. All right. 14. Um, it's definitely some sort of evocation spell. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you don't recognize it specifically. What concerns you is that this type of spell is more common to what you would call a warlock, Mm -hmm. um, which is not something you would necessarily associate with your friend. Right. That's what I'm, that's what I'm driving at here. I'm trying to determine if, if I really think this is actually Deke or if it's, uh, one of these doppelgangers that, uh, that have been plaguing us so far. So, um, I'm really starting to think that it's not him, you know? So, um, wonder if there's a way that I can tell because, uh, I mean, I don't know if the Rakshasa as a race are, are those the guys with the backwards hands? Okay. And they're the ones that shape shift into other stuff. Right. So I don't know if I can necessarily tell because Deke has like feathery hands and stuff like that. Like he's got like wing hands. So well, I, I mean, know. you could look. But I could at least try to look. Yeah. So I think I'm going to give that a shot real quick. Okay. Take a look at his hands because he gestured at me to, to force damage. Sure. So, all right. What is that, perception? It can be. Okay. Yeah. 14. All right. So looking at him as he quickly gestures to you to launch this relatively minute spell, um, you don't notice anything unusual about his hands. They look normal. Hmm. Okay. Oh. Doesn't mean that they are, just that I don't notice, but I don't want to, I don't want to kill my friend (laughs) is the thing. Right. But I can't just stand here and let him beat on me. But if it is him, uh, I want, I want to be sure before I pull out the stops at least. So uh, since my friend would never hurt me, you know, and this guy just cast a spell, I'll, I'll, you know, act surprised and offended, you know, um, as though I think that he is my friend, right? Mm-hmm. And ask him, Deke, what are you doing? Why would you attack me so? Sorry, it, it was supposed to be a glancing blow. Did I hurt you bad? I'm, uh... My pride is mostly wounded, as is my heart, that you would attack me in such a way. What has come over you? You need to go. I'm here to help you. I'm overjoyed to find you, in fact. And I can't turn back. You must understand that the Dask are involved. Their leader has taken Ologra hostage and has tasked me with investigating down here, and if I don't prove successful, they're going to kill her. None of this was supposed to happen. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, <hold on. laughs> Hang on a second. Well, I'll take it aback, because this is quite a twist. Oh, Yes, I mean, if we don't hurry, we, we, we risk losing Logra, and for another thing I... Hold on. None of this was supposed to happen. What exactly are you saying? 
This is, I've come too far. You either turn around or I'm forced to fight you. Dick, Dick, I've known you for years. You're one of my dearest friends. We can fight. We must solve this together. I'm here to help you. All right. Are you using an action of some kind? Yes. I am trying to persuade him to come clean and to confide in me and trust me and let me help him. So I think I should make a persuasion roll. Okay. All right. 17. He looks, he looks sort of torn, like he's not sure what to do. Um, and then he says, you don't know how hard it is. You are both always so strong. And he is going to cast another spell. Okay. Hmm. Warlock. Man, maybe Deke has made a deal with with something or someone in exchange for power. In his kind of confused state, um, his spell casting goes awry. It's not focused. Um, and a crackling bolt of blue energy kind of lances off a rock nearby, but it does not hit you. What would you like to do? Hmm. I'll uh, raise an eyebrow at the uh, the near miss and turn my attention back to Deke and continue my attempt to reason with him. And persuade him that I'm on his side, you know, um, with Deke, I assure you, this is unnecessary. I hold you close to my heart and I only want to help you. And if Logra and I are powerful, it only means that we can help you further, all the more capably and protect you. I assure you, nothing is too late. You're not in over your head. We can figure this out, and it will be okay. Just trust me and let me help you. Together, surely we can sort this out. And I have to make another persuasion roll. Yep. Oh, shit! Nat 20. So he kind of collapses to the ground, and he starts to sob. And he says, I, I just wanted to be like you. <laughs> oh, that is heartbreaking. Oh, man. Um, so I'll, I'll go down to, you know, one knee and kind of hug him uh, to comfort him. You know, Deke, you are like us. In some ways, you're the best of us. None no, of us have not the like capabilities. you, though. Look at you. You... Your family made a deal, and you turned out so amazing. 
I just, I wanted to be like you. Oh, no. So, at that, when he mentions my family and how it turned out amazing, it's like I'll have gone down on me to, like, hug and comfort him. And then he says that, and I kind of stand up and draw back, like really restraining this like rant of like you have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) like we we sacrificed everything and for nothing and all it did was bring us low like i I just i really don't want to you know deal on him right now because that that would be that would not be constructive so um what i think would be best here is just this exhibition of restraint and to try and gently tell him that um, uh, I appreciate your confidence, Dee, but I assure you it's not all it's cracked up to be. The nefarious bargain that my family made generations ago laid us low, and we are still struggling to rise up from the rubble and the fallout that was the result. If you choose to pattern yourself after anyone it should be logra or someone else noble who has achieved so much by their own volition not in spite of the misdeeds of their forebears i'm i'm so sorry friend but but what do we do now if he said that failure wasn't an option uh, <laughs> and if if he succeeds, it may mean the worst for everyone. I see. Well, I'm sure that you have played cards with me enough to know that failure is always an option, number one. And number two, as I hold a hand out to him to help him up, there is nothing that can be done that cannot be undone. I, I can show you where he's working his ritual. If it's not finished, he should be weak, but I I can't go in there. That's all right, my friend. Truly, you have done so much. Come just a little bit further. Together, we will vanquish this foe, restore things to the way they were, and have many more adventures in our future together. I'm I'm sorry. That's all right, Deke. We'll speak of this later. Right. He leads you deeper into the darkness, traveling through tunnels he obviously knows relatively well um, with his light out in front of him. And he brings you to um, an ancient stone doorway set into the rock face ahead of you. Mm -hmm. He says, that's where it is. He found... An old, well, he said it was a weak point where he could access Kyber, and he said I could get power from it, too, to be like you. Uh, yes, yes. The offerings of these types are often quite enticing, but riddled with barbs. Take me as far as you can, friend, and then watch my back. I will handle the rest. Well... I think I have one thing I can do. Excellent. There are many things you can do, of course. By the way, did I ever thank you for my ring and my potion? If not, I will. You got it? I wasn't supposed to to 
do that for that. I couldn't stand to leave you alone. I kind of pat him on the back a little bit in a very congenial fashion. Says, like I said, I, I, I can't go in there. You, you don't understand. There's, he has power. I, but I can do this. And you see, as he puts his feathery appendages upon you, mm-hmm. um, there's a soft glow. And you feel your power and your health restored. Hooray. Okay. So you heal me up to uh, the two force damage that he inflicted <laughs> yeah. earlier. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. Cast a heal on me. All mm-hmm. right. Sweet. And I don't know that you, I don't think you spell, spent any of your spell slots at this point. No. Yeah. And he says, word of command, and the stone retracts. And before you, there is quite actually a bright room. You see a Rakshasa in its true form which is quite rare. Okay. Chanting before what appears to be a very weak swirl of fiery light, a nascent portal of some kind, mm-hmm. not yet open. Okay. The creature looks weak and lean. The ritual is likely taken multiple days, and they've given much of their power and energy to it already. Okay. And when the door opens, it turns towards you and growls at your intrusion. And you can see fire in its eyes. There's still plenty of menace left in this monster. Okay. All right. You, you will not stop me. My master will be brought to this plane. My plan has been too carefully crafted to be ruined by a mutt like you. All right. So I'll have you go ahead and roll initiative. Okay. All right. 18. All right. Then we will pick up next time with your combat against the Rakshasa. Cool. I think the first thing I'm going to do next time is drink my potion of cloud giant strength. (laughs) All right. Thank you everyone for listening this week. It looks like we'll have one more episode left in this Eberron Fireside story where we will wrap up this campaign and uh, kind of talk through what we thought about the Eberron setting and how the Eberron setting book worked to help us build the adventure and, and kind of go through our thoughts on that. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. That was a lot of fun uh, this time. seems like it keeps getting better. If I'm not mistaken, I think we're going to be getting up to some hijinks in uh, world of Warcraft soon with um, high mountain Torin and the Magar orcs. I'm going to be putting that up on my YouTube channel. Um, Ringu, if you want to check that out, it'll probably be up soon. So just kind of a heads up with uh, what's on the horizon for that. 
Yep. And so if you're not already familiar uh, with the YouTube channel, which I do like to guest on um, sometimes and will be for this uh, World of Warcraft series, um, that would be Rengu, R-E-N-G-U, Regular Everyday Normal Gamers Union on YouTube. Um, And I believe you can get to that from YouTube.com slash Rengu. Yeah, that should get you there. That totally works. Um, So do check that out. Subscribe if you haven't done that. And as always, like if you like what you're hearing, um, we know we're still pretty new, but ratings help other people find us. So wherever you're listening to your podcast, feel free to give us some stars, leave us some comments. It's always nice and, and we really do appreciate it. And if you want the latest news and you want to support us in other ways, please feel free to check us out on patreon.com slash just barbarian things. It's our patrons who can help us not only get new books, new settings, new equipment, but also can counteract the evils of our cats who destroyed my laptop cable and we had to <laughs> replace it. So thank you guys for making that possible. Indeed. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening.